Hey, Takeover Church, thank you so much for checking out today's message, whether it's on podcast or on YouTube. We are so grateful that you are here. We pray it blesses you and encourages you and that you will like, share, and subscribe across all Takeover platforms. We look forward to seeing you on Sunday. God bless. We love you guys. Was the meat and potatoes an Irish reference or... Uh, <laughs> oh, I'm offended. Watch out, church. I'm offended. I'm going to propose that there. Alex, just want to wreck all the anointing that you have going on. No, it's me, not you. I'm the one that's in the way. Good morning, Taylor Church! Happy Easter! Good morning! Yo! How good was that worship set? I mean, what was going on? Oh my gosh, open the scroll, come on. I'm just, I'm already done. I'm already torn open. I'm torn up from the floor up. Come on, somebody. Like, I am just ready to go to baptism. I don't even want to preach today. I'm going to preach today. But, like, God's already just doing his thing. Amen? Amen. Come on. If you felt the presence of the one true living God fall afresh in this place this morning, can you just give him one more shout of praise all over this place? church. Come on, somebody. Amen. Come on. This generation can take their deconstruction and get on with it because we are here to stay. We are here to stand. This is the bride of Christ. This is the body of Christ. This is the church of Christ. And we are here to see heaven invade Grand Rapids. Amen. Amen. That's what this is about. Happy Easter, somebody. And if you're new with us this morning, yes, my name is Matt. I'm one of the lead pastors here alongside my beautiful wife, Adrienne. And uh, look at the person right now who brought you and go, what is up with this guy? Because uh, <laughs> I know you're thinking, you must have voiced it, it's okay. Um, but this morning, we are continuing our series, Dunamis. We have been in a, uh, I think we're like week six right now, week five, one of the two. Week five, week five. Week five of a series called Dunamis, and if you're unfamiliar with the word Dunamis, which I know a lot of us are, any time in the Bible when you read such a phrase as maybe God's power, the Greek word, the original language for that word power, doesn't actually translate to the word power. You see, it's this Greek word Dunamis, and Dunamis actually translates to an amazing word, a word that I think is far more tangible, a word I think we can get our head around, and a word that I think we need to pursue and we can chase. In fact, we have set apart this entire part of the year to chase after, to run after, and to take God up at his word, and that is God's ability. Dynamis literally translates to ability. It's not just power. It's not just might. It is ability. If you're new with us, I really encourage you. Go back, listen to the rest of the message. Uh, messages. We've had quite a few good ones. And Adrian smashed it a couple weeks ago as well. You want to hear and catch up. But this morning, we are going to continue this trend because we believe that there is no greater day than to talk about God's dynamics than Easter, to talk about God's power than Easter, to talk about God's ability than Easter Sunday. Do I got a Christian in the, yeah. pray, in the place that's going to praise one more yeah. time? Come on. Yeah. Speaking of Christians, where my note-takers at? Note-takers, come on, somebody. All right, tell them the message. You ready? Dynamis, week five. The dynamis of the blood. The dynamis of the blood. It's your first time in church, maybe, this church or any church. Trust me, it's going to make sense. 
But we're going to go in this morning and we are going to leave better than we came. It is my hope and it is my prayer today that God would just change us and wreck us and leave us here more like Jesus. Amen? Come on. Are you all ready for the word of God? Who loves their B-I-B-L-E? You know it. That's her little kid back there go, I don't know. Um, all right. It's going to be on Sky Bible. If you have one, you can go to Ephesians 2, 11 through 22. Y'all ready? Woo! Ephesians. I love it. Someone's like, he's not going to Luke or Mark. Don't worry about it. We'll get there. Okay? Ephesians 2, 11, 20, uh, Ephesians 2, 11 through 22. Here we go. Therefore, remember that at one time you Gentiles in the flesh called the uncircumcision by what it is called the circumcision, which is made... Easter Sunday, this thing starts talking about circumcision. What is going on? I got you. I got you which is made in the flesh by hands. Remember that you were at that time separated from Christ, alienated from the commonwealth of Israel and strangers to the covenants of promise, having no hope and without God in the world. But now in Christ Jesus, you who once were far off have been brought near by the blood of Christ. For he himself is our peace, who has made us both one and has broken down in his flesh the dividing wall of hostility. By abolishing the laws of commandments expressed in the ordinances, that he might create in himself one new man in place of the two. So making peace might reconcile us both to God in one body through the cross, thereby killing the hostility. And he came and he preached peace to you who were far off and peace to those who were near. For through him we both have access in one spirit to the Father. Come on, somebody. So then you are no longer strangers and aliens. But you are fellow citizens, you are saints, and you are members of the household of God built on the foundation of the apostles and the prophets. Christ Jesus himself being the cornerstone in whom the whole structure being joined together grows into a holy temple of the Lord. In him you are also being built together into a dwelling place for God by the Holy Spirit. We're going to pray until our scripture. God's going to do something. Sound good? Fantastic. Father God. Father God, I just thank you for your Holy Spirit. I thank you for your presence. I thank you that we're two or more gathered in your name. There you are in the midst of us, God. We make no mistake about it right now. We know that you are here. God, we prioritize your presence, God. This is a house dedicated to your presence, Father God. Continue to move. Continue to fall. God, who the sun sets free is free indeed. Move in this room, God, right now. We're believing that demons would run. God, we're believing that minds that have been lost would return, God. We're believing right now, Father God, that if there's any injuries in this place, God, they would dissolve. They would heal. They would be mended. If there is a head that is low because the heart is broken, you would come and you would be the sweetest touch that we need today, God. We trust in your presence this morning. God, because I am not... I might at times be an immature man, but I am not a dumb man. And I know that your presence can do more than my words or my preaching ever can. So come yes. and have your way in this place, Jesus. Holy Spirit. Amen. In Jesus' mighty name of faith, the church said. Amen. 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 The dunamis of the blood. The dunamis of the blood. Again, dunamis means power or ability. The ability of the blood. Now I look at this. I know a lot of you are probably wondering, 
Why are we starting off with the gospel? Where's the resurrection story? Where's all this at? Maybe we're used to some things here on Easter Sunday. And friends, I have come today to tell you Jesus Christ came. Yeah. Jesus Christ knew he had to die. Yeah. Jesus Christ willfully and willingly laid his life down on the cross for you and I. He was put away in a tomb. He rolled the stone out the way. He was resurrected in power. Also that you and I can have a relationship with God. Also that you and I, we don't have to die the sinner's death that we deserve to spend eternity in hell. No, we get to live. Amen. Are we caught up on Easter? Yes. Because I came today to tell you something very, very important. You see, friends, I've just been so convicted. I've just been so absolutely fallen mad out of my tree, convicted by this thought. I've been ransomed by this thought. I feel like I've been arrested by this thought that Jesus, he came, he died, he willfully gave himself over to death, a death that I should have had, a death that you should have had, a death that we could not pay. Not only did he pay our debt, but he gave us his line of credit. Like this is what he came and did. And friends, I have been convicted. I have been arrested. I have been taken slavery. He is my master because there is something that I am more convinced of today as I stand before you on April 4th, 2021 than I have been in my entire life. And that is, if all I did was be a better person, the sacrifice of Christ means nothing. If all I did, if all I took, if all I learned, if all that changed me, if all that happened was that I had some behavior modification because of what took place 2,000 years ago, it was all for nothing. If suddenly all I did was cuss a little less, if suddenly all I did was actually keep my faithfulness in my marriage, if actually all I did was not go on promiscuous sex apps, if all I did was vote a certain way, or repost a certain way, or have a bumper sticker, he over I, all I did, if all I did was just quote unquote, become a better person, I am all for our Easter Sundays. I am all for eggs, and I am all for pastels, and I am all for getting dressed up in our Easter best. Which my shirt looks like a towel, so you're probably confused by that statement. <laughs> Why I bought it? I was like, oh, it's like the Matrix. It's cool. It's a cool towel. It's a cool towel that I made for shirt. <laughs> but friends, friends. I am convinced today that Jesus Christ did not go to the cross for a simply better, Easter, best dressed version of you. Right. I am completely convinced. I am fully persuaded this morning that the reason Christ went to the cross, the reason that heaven schemed, the reason that heaven defeated hell, the reason that God came in and he usurped the powers of darkness with the light of Christ in the world, the perfect, blameless, spotless, sinless Lamb of God. The reason he did that was not simply so that he could have a refurbished mat 
or a refurbished Adrienne. Not something that can be purchased at a discounted price. Not a human being that was for sale on a flea market. No, friends, you were part of a grave robbery. Where Jesus, he, he knew full well, our Bible tells us, that for the joy set before him, he endured the cross. For the joy set before him, he endured the cross. Friends, could I just petition you with this today? Could I just extend this to you today? Could you hear me one time this morning? If you hear nothing else, I want you to leave with this today. He endured so that you could live. He endured so that you could live. Could you just repeat that after me? He endured so that I could live. One more time. He endured so that I can live. Come on. Let's leave marked with that today. Let's leave changed by that today. Friends. Friends. See, the cross of Jesus, the empty tomb of Jesus, I think so many Christians, we just prefer a powerless, defeated, hung on a cross, no lifeline left in his blood, Jesus. That's how we prefer him. 2020 in America, we just prefer a powerless Jesus who we know because we're from West Michigan and there's some crazy reform doctrine here that told us that we are terrible people and we need a God to ransom us from hell. And while that is totally true, you best believe there's more love in heaven for you than there is hate in God for your sin. Yeah. Yeah. Because Jesus... While he may have laid lifeless on that cross, lifeless does not mean powerless. Not when you are a Jesus father. Amen. Not when you are a Christian. Not when your father is the king of kings and lord of lords. Amen. Amen. Not when Amen. you have the Holy Spirit running through your veins. Am I preaching to anybody this morning? Because while he may have been lifeless on Friday, he was fearless on Sunday. Amen. He was fearless on Sunday because he knew that he went down, that he touched down, that he took back the keys to your life and my life. He has ransomed our past. He has rescued our future. And he came back in power and might. He came back in dynamis, in power and ability. And it wasn't simply so that you could vote Republican. It wasn't simply so you could vote Democrat. It wasn't simply so that you could look the part. It would be so you would be the part. Amen. Come on, somebody. Yes. You are the bride of Christ. And if all the bride did was just be a more dialed up version for Jesus, he's not coming back for a dialed up bride. He's coming back for a powerful bride. Amen. I'm not preaching to anybody. Yes. We're the strong ladies in the place that Come on. Woo. Yeah, yeah. Every single one of you. My wife is crazy. <laughs> <laughs> See, in this piece of scripture, in this piece of scripture, the Apostle Paul here, if you don't know a whole lot about Paul, Paul was actually commissioned his career path. Okay, get this today. 
understand this thing, because Paul, he understood this better than anybody. It's why he's writing this letter to the church in Ephesus. Paul writes this letter, and he understands this more than anybody. In fact, I think, outside of John 3.16, okay, which obviously we all know that scripture will be most of us, even if you're not a Christian in here today, chances are you've heard that God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, so that whoever would believe in him would be saved but not perish in hell, right? Like we, we know that verse. Yes. Okay, aside from that verse, this might be the most dangerous, powerful, potent potion of scripture that I have ever read in my life. In fact, I read and got such a wild revelation, and it floored me, and I hope to share that with you today, because here's Paul. Get this. Get this. Y'all got career paths, right? Yeah. Some of you are, you know, in marketing. Some of you are in the arts. Some of you are in doing amazing things like Kyle and Liz, where you are fostering children, and you are starting nonprofits and doing great things. Like, all of us come from different places back. I've already got Zach down here who's starting his new gym in Wayland. Cheap plug. <laughs> we all have a career path. But what if your career path was that you literally were paid to murder Christians? Because that's Paul. That's Paul. That's the Apostle Paul. This guy that we just read. He's writing this letter to a church that he oversees now that he's saved on his way to heaven, doing amazing things for the glory of God in the earth. But Paul, prior to this, think about this. This is Easter Sunday, 2,000 years ago. Jesus Christ went to the cross. And guess what? Paul, prior to meeting Jesus, he would have choked at the opportunity to hand Jesus himself this guy who wrote this scripture that we're reading about right now, who wrote so much of the New Testament, who has formed so much of our theology, who God used in such amazing ways that the way we do church today was completely influenced by him. This guy, given the opportunity, would have put the spear in Jesus' side. Given the opportunity, had he been around at the time, he would have reveled in the fact that he could have hung Jesus up on a cross himself. This is Paul. That's wild to think about as it's Easter Sunday, is it not? Yeah. That's wild to think about. But Paul, Paul, he starts this off writing to the church of Ephesus. He understands this more than anybody, I believe. He understood that, hey, you guys... You were once Gentiles. See, a Gentile just means a non-Jewish person because Israel is already God's chosen people, so there was some variation of relationship here at this moment, pre-Jesus, okay? Right. So let's just all be up to speed. But Gentiles are everybody else. We are on the outside looking in. We have no ability to have a relationship with God. We have no way to Him. We have fallen short, and yet we still can't communicate. We still can't talk with Him. So Paul, he's writing to the church in Ephesus, and he goes, you were once Gentiles. The same God who would have murdered Jesus. You were once Gentiles. You were once far off. You once had no direct connection, no way of actually getting to Jesus yourselves. Paul even goes on to say that you had no hope. That you had no hope. The same man that would have taken the opportunity had it presented itself to kill the hope of the world, the morning star, that is Jesus Christ, 
had the opportunity presented himself, he would have done Jesus in himself. Same guy going to those farthest from God and saying, while you were far off, while you were unclean, while you were unfit, while you were not God's chosen people, while you had zero hope in the world, Christ died for you. I don't know where you're at today. I don't know what your lives have looked like. I don't know what your relationship with Jesus has looked like. Maybe it's checkered. Maybe it's spotty. Maybe there's not been a whole lot to it in the last few years. Maybe you have never had a relationship with Jesus. Maybe you've grown up in West Michigan churches your entire life. But you never made that commitment to actually make him the Lord and Savior of your life. Maybe today you feel like you are still far off that he is so away from you, that you are still without hope. Friends, I came to tell you this morning, there is no distance that the dynamics cannot cover. Yeah. Amen. Yeah. There is no distance that God's dynamics cannot cover. The power of his blood, the ability of his blood, while you are still far off, there is no distance that the dynamics cannot cover. You see, we get it twisted. So often, we hear this in churches all the time, that God loves you too much to leave you the way he found you. Amen. I'm about to correct my wife in front of everybody, <laughs> and it's going to be wild. Wait, when did you say, say it again? Yep. <laughs> no, no, no. You're going to learn. <laughs> oh, that's why I'm here. Bring it. I love, I love you. I'm going to die later, just so you know. <laughs> so anybody's got faith in the place to raise a body today on Resurrection Sunday? <laughs> Come on. But we hear that all the time. God loves you too much to leave you where you found you. Correction. God loves you too much to leave you where you found him. Amen. God never lost you. God never lost sight of you. God never lost trace of you. He's been pursuing you from the jump. He's been pursuing you since day one. He has been pursuing you your entire life. So while it sounds nice to say, the fact is God never lost you. You lost you. Because there is a truer you than you've ever experienced. There is a truth to you than you've ever experienced. There is the truest you. The truest thing about you is God. You were made in his image, not in the image of yourself. That while you were still far off, he was pursuing you. And there is no distance that the dynamic blood of Jesus cannot cover the spread. See, Easter Sunday, Easter Sunday is about a return. But it's not just Jesus' return. It's your return to who you really are. That's good. That's yeah. good. It's your return to who you really are. The chief concern of heaven. God's utmost, God's highest, his calling, the whole reason he moved heaven and earth and he rattled hell and he scared the devil and he split the veil. Whole reason, friends. Whole reason. Wasn't to make you refurbished or to resell you as used. The whole purpose was to make you new. Yeah. Right. Make you new. He's returning you to a former you that he only knew up 
in heaven when he created you, when he spoke you into existence, when he dreamed of what you might be in the earth, when he put those gifts, those dreams, those callings on the inside of you, that was the chief concern of heaven. That was his utmost desire. That was why he sent his son to the cross. I mean, what could convince of God? Is it your badness? Is it your ugliness? Is it our failure? Or is it his desperate Desperate love to have his image bearers look like him again. Sound like him again. Speak with him again. Have relationship with you again. If you're a father in this place or a mother in this place, there's nothing, no lengths you wouldn't go through to see your child return from you, return to you if they were stolen from you. Amen. Amen. Come on, this is God. The Father. This is the outlandish, insane, hard to understand, but completely possible, dynamis, power, ability of the blood of Jesus. This was never, never about making you more moral. It was always about making you more powerful. See what Paul understood is what I hope we leave with today. It's the cross of Jesus. It was never about morality. It was always about identity. It was never this day, 2,000 years ago. It's not about morality. It's better than that. It's about identity. Who are you? Whose are you? And what are you? Three questions we struggle with day to day, every single one of us. I don't care who you are today, if you're honest with yourself, you have those introspective questioning moments of who you are, whose you are, and what you are. I know I do. But do you know why Jesus willfully laid down his life? So the answer to all three of those questions could be Jesus. Yeah. Who are you? I'm Matt. Jesus. I'm Zach. Jesus. Yeah. Whose are you? Well, I'm Jesus. What are you? I'm a little Jesus. Yeah. I'm a little Christian. I'm a little Christ. I'm a little Messiah. I was formed and shaped, and it's God's breath that fills my lungs. He created me out of nothing to look like Him, to sound like Him, and to be like Him, and to shine His glory reflected back to Him in the heavens from earth. Yeah. That is who you and I are. Matt, this is the wildest Easter message I've ever heard because, like, Easter's about Jesus. Yes, Easter is all about Jesus. And Jesus, friends, I think he made it pretty clear. He's all about you. He's all about you. We can do the same song and dance. We can sing Man of Sorrow. We can do that. But would we leave here today willing to pray for someone at might? Would we leave here today more full of the Holy Spirit than how we came in? Would we leave here today more confident in Christ and who He proclaimed on the cross that we are? Would we leave here today if we did the same thing we've always done on Easter Sunday? And would we walk out of here with some God swagger in our step going, you know what? It really is finished! Amen. Because so many of us will leave Easter Sunday usually and we'll go to work and it's like, nope. <laughs> I got unfinished business with my depression. I got unfinished business with my identity issues. 
I got unfinished business with my morality. I got unfinished business with my uh, feelings of insecurity and the attitude of my marriage. I got all this unfinished business, and yet we have a Christ, the God of the universe. Eh, that's finished. You're not insecure when you know whose you are. That's right. Yeah. How can you be depressed when you know what you are? Because even if you battle depression, you can still tell depression who you are. That's right. yeah. You can still tell depression what you are. You can still talk to those insecurities on the inside of you and go, that's not what my Jesus said about me on the cross. Amen. That's not my right word of God, what's older than me, more inspired than me, infallible while I am. That's not what he says about me. I am who I, I am. You are who he says you are, not who you say you are. Praise God. Yeah, praise God. Can we just give him a shot of praise real quick? Is that cool? Go, go, go. Yeah. Oh, come on. Let's see what happens next. Paul. Paul says the craziest thing I've ever read in scripture. If I'm being honest. If I'm being honest, he says it's crazy. Can I read it to you real quick? Yes. He says, in his flesh, the dividing wall of hostility, pulling down the dividing wall of hostility. You see, when Jesus, he goes to the cross, there's a temple nearby, and this temple says the veil is torn from the top down, as if heaven was breaking through in the temple of God yes. to invade earth. And you yes. see, there's this wall of hostility that you and I as fallen humans that we have. But Christ, as Paul just points out, came to rip apart, to kick in this wall, to tear this veil of hostility apart. Because if you look at our world, it's pretty hostile towards the Christ, isn't it? If you look at our world, it's pretty hostile towards what God says is best for life, what God says is best for children in the womb. Like if God, come on somebody, yes, yes. this isn't even political, this is just biblical, okay? God has a plan for life, and yet all of earth on life that isn't surrendered to Christ is hostile towards his plans for life. But what he did on the cross, he ripped that veil apart. He split it in two, and he ended hostility. Amen. In fact, he goes on, Paul says, that he gave God himself as our peace. While you and I, it's baptism Sunday, I am fully aware that some wild things are going to happen in that water. I firmly believe that baptism is far more spiritual than it is natural, okay? I don't know what God does over that water. I just know he does things over that water, okay? Come on, somebody. I just know. Because when I was baptized, while I was dropping my head inside of the story, anyways, I believe that God did something that day. We will not drop you. I was also in a horse trough, so there you go. But he says, God himself is your peace. While in 2021, you know what? Man, we're looking for peace in the bottom of the bottle. We're looking for peace that is fleeting and brief and momentary in a bottle of pills. Man, we don't know what to do with ourselves sometimes when that dime bag finally runs dry. Somebody in here has never heard Dime Bag on an Easter Sunday. Welcome to Takeover Church. Came to see Jesus, take over your life, and your Dime Bag. Okay? Don't give that up. Don't give it up. But peace that this world can give us, it's fleeting. It's brief. It's momentary, friends. But Paul, 
this wall of hostility. He says, Jesus tore this thing. He kicked it in. It is gone. And God has offered up to you himself as your peace. What? Even if there's unrest in my marriage, God is still my peace. Even if there's unrest in my identity, God is still my peace. Even if there's unrest in my job, God is still my peace. Even if there's a storm in every area of my life and I feel like I just can't catch a grip, God is like, come walk on the water because he is my peace. He's been asleep at the wheel in the boat. He is chilling and while you are freaking out, he's going, I gave myself as your peace. And then what Paul says next is absolutely buck wild. Y'all ready for this? Yes. Get the word right. That he might... You know I'm ready. You ain't ready, okay? I ain't ready. That he might create in himself one new man in place of the two. Uh. Friends, this should change you today because it changed me all week. And I hope it marks the rest of my years on this earth. You're telling me that the completely the, the ultimate, the whole plan of heaven on Resurrection Sunday. The whole point to the empty tomb was that two men would enter and one new man would emerge. That one man and one woman would enter and one new woman would emerge. Are you telling me, Paul, that the chief concern, the total plan, what God's intention was laying down his son was? that two men would become one new man. That yep. there would be one new woman where there was one man and one woman. Are you telling me, God, the whole reason you sent Jesus to that cross is so that me and Jesus could leave as one person. Amen. Jesus plus you equals something new. Jesus plus you equals something new. God, are you saying that when you split the veil and you put your own son up for ransom, when he willfully gave his life, his plan wasn't that I would get higher or he would become less or I would become more and he would be less, but instead we would come out the empty tomb brand new? Are you telling me, God? This is insane. This is the dynamics of the blood. Yeah. I'm sorry. This isn't Pastor Matt's opinion anymore. Okay? This isn't theology. This isn't uh, all of the Bible degrees. This isn't all of the teachings. This isn't all the studying. This isn't all of that. Okay? This is, simply put, the inspired word of God. Yeah. He is telling you about himself today. This is the whole point of Easter. Jesus plus you equals something new. Yeah. It, doesn't, it doesn't equal a cleaned up version of you. It doesn't equal a dusted off version of you. Right. It doesn't equal you with new clothes looking different. It's not you with a new hairdo, new hair, who this? It's... <laughs> I hate being culture. God. 
But Jesus plus you equals something new. It says that where there were two men, there might be one man in place. Are you catching the language here? In place of where there were two men. Where there were two women. Or one man, woman. You get what I'm saying? Where there was you and where there was Jesus, there is now something new. This is Easter. What a crazy thought. That God thought enough of Matt McClure. That God has such a plan for my life. That God has such a plan for your life. That God has such a plan for Topher and Jasmine's marriage. That God had such a plan in place that he gave up himself so that two could become one new one. You see, Jesus went to the cross so that his relationship with the Father could be your relationship with the Father. He went to the cross so that his peace on earth could be your peace on earth. He went to the cross so that his provision on earth could be your provision on earth. He went to the cross so that his identity could be your identity in the earth. He went to the cross so that his power could be your power in the earth. He went to the cross so that his Holy Spirit could be your Holy Spirit in the earth. Are you catching my drift? He went to the cross so that his walk, his confidence, his hope, Did anybody go through 2020 just desperately needing hope? And 2021 didn't come lock, stop, and two smoking barrels full of hope for you? But Jesus, 2,000 years ago, when he went to that cross, it was so that his hope in God could now be your hope in God. You see, Paul, worship team, I'll call you a minute. See, Paul, directly as he makes this statement, again, he's writing to people who were previously far off from God with no shot outside of Jesus and having a relationship with him and being reconciled back onto the God of the universe. Right. See, in this moment, Paul then says, peace is here. The hostility is gone, and now two, where there was two, now there can become one. Mm-hmm. Wildest statement I've ever read in scripture. And then he takes it one step further. How do you know? Paul always takes it one step further. It's because it's always better with God. He says this. He says, you, Ephesus, you, Adrian, you, Roger, you were strangers to God. You were alien to God. You were disassociated from God, and you were foreign to God. He was foreign to you. But when two become one, you are no longer strangers. But you are a citizen. You are no longer alien 
but you were a saint. So many of us, we meet Jesus, we decide to raise our hands, we might even got baptized, we might have gone through this whole thing, we might have done an evening college somewhere at some great church in the area, we've done all these things, and yet... We have left church, we have left Jesus, we have left our time in the Bible, we have left our time in worship feeling less than, or less than ourselves, or less than what he paid for. We've left church feeling like we were still aliens to God, that we were still foreign to him, that we were still strangers. But Paul's making it quite clear. Don't you understand? Two have now become one. You're a citizen. Two have become one. You are now a saint. Paul goes on to say in this moment, are you ready for this? He says, building upon the body, the preachers, the saints, the citizens, the prophets building upon the body that is already there. God is building you into the temple of God. Amen. Brick by brick, soul by soul, day by day, decision by decision, conviction by conviction. Every single day, you are no longer lost. In fact, you are a brick that is being added into this beautiful thing known as the body of Christ. As the church of Christ. I love what he puts it right here. He says, but you are fellow citizens with the saints and members of the household of God. Friends. We can only host God in this room because he first hosted us in his home. Amen. We can only host God in this house because he first hosted us in his house. Friends, you are members of the household of God. This, again, is the power of the blood of Jesus, the sacrifice of Christ on the cross. It wasn't to pretty you up. It was to put you in your place. But your place is so much better than you ever thought it was. Yeah, come on. So many of us, we've been led astray by going, this is just my lot in life. And we're looking at a lot in life as poverty. We're looking at a lot in life as sickness. We're looking at a lot in life as far off from hope. And yet Jesus is saying, no, no, no. Your lot, your place, this is my home. This is my church is in my body, is in my bride. This is who, whose, and what you are. Check this out, friends. Where's you can make it right up here? He says this in verse 20, built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets, Christ Jesus himself being the cornerstone in whom the whole structure being joined together grows into a holy temple in the Lord. In him, you also are being built together into a dwelling place. Friends, the reason Jesus went to the cross 
is so that you could be brought near. Because when you are brought near, you can be made like. When you are brought near him, you can be made like him. Whatever darkness abounds in us will be lit up by the very presence of our God. You see, Paul. You can be made like him because you've been made a home for him. Because Paul says this. You also are being built together into a dwelling place for God by the Spirit. Friends. Friends. You might have been a rescue project, but it was only so that God could build something new in its place. Friends, the homes we've been building, God didn't buy some refurbished home that was previously condemned where he purchased it for pennies on the dollar. No, he paid for it in his blood so that he could build something new. And what he was building was a home for himself, a home within you. He died to make you new so that he could live within you. The Holy Spirit, that was the chief concern of heaven. Our Bible tells us that Jesus came so he could be the firstborn among many new brothers and sisters. Many new brothers and sisters. Not for refurbished mats, not for refurbished Mikeys, not for secondhand Scots, but for a brand new you. For a brand new you. Jesus is in you so you can be built anew. Jesus died so that you can be built into a temple. Would you guys stand up as we go into the blessing in just a moment? song called The Blessing, and a lot of us are probably familiar with it. It says, Lord bless you, Lord keep you, may his face shine upon you. And that's what this whole thing was about. This whole thing was so that the Lord could keep you. So I don't Jesus today. But we're going to sing this song. And if you are feeling like, you know what? I'm down to go swimming. We're going to have baptism directly following this service and we'll give you some instructions as to where that is just outside. Foundational for our faith. This is foundational for our faith. 
die so that you could be new. So if you're done with your old life, today's the day to give it up. If you're over your old marriage, today's the day you put it in the hands of God and you let Him resuscitate it. Amen. If you're over your old ways of dealing with unrest and upheaval within your own heart, today is the day you invite the Holy Spirit in to do some cleaning. Because right now, friends, the power of the blood, just like it was 2,000 years ago, it's still mighty to save. It's still readily available. And today, it can still cover whatever mess you feel like you brought with you today. Friends, this is about you being new. Don't leave this house today. Without leaving living Jesus' life. Amen.